Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. So glad that you're with us. We're going to be talking about there is a difference. And yes, there is a difference between what is of the world and what is of the church. And there is a difference between what is holy and what is unholy. And we're talking about the worship of God and how that we cannot get the two mixed up and be right with God and be ready for his return. God put a difference between the world and the church, and he put a difference between that which is holy and that which is not holy. Amen. Father, we bless you today. Thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. Lord, I thank you for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come alongside of us. Help us both in the ministry of the word and in the hearing of the word. Give us ears to hear today, Father, and we'll give you all the praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. The church today is the priesthood. And our great high priest is Jesus Christ. And we, the scripture tells us we have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of God of the majesty in the heavens. And then Peter said this, he says, but you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, a peculiar people. Notice that uh, that Peter describes uh, the church as a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So who do we show forth the praises of Christ to? It's to the world. Amen. The world has to see and has to know that there is a difference between them and a difference between the church. Well, what do we see today? Well, in many cases, there is no difference. And God has separated us unto himself. Amen. Praise God. And notice something that uh, that John in writing in the book of Revelation said and has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And he also wrote this, and has made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, our heavenly Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And of course, Paul, writing to the Hebrew Christians, says we have an altar whereof they have no right to eat, which serve the tabernacle. So there is a difference between those who are not saved and those who are. Our altar is Jesus Christ. And we sup at that altar. That which is sacrificed, we feed upon. That which is Christ, we feed upon. And those who are outside of Christ, they have no right to eat amen, would serve this tabernacle. There is a tabernacle, or rather there was a tabernacle on earth, but now that tabernacle is in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And we see that as we go through the tabernacle, which we haven't done, and and we will sometime in the future, I'm sure, that every piece of furniture in the tabernacle is representative of Christ Jesus. He is our altar, 
Amen. He is our labor. He is our lampstand. He is our table of showbread. He is our altar of incense. And of course, we, because the, the veil of the temple has been rained from top to bottom, we have the ability now through Christ to enter into the Holy of Holies where the very presence of God is. He is our mercy seat. And see, we are the priests that minister in the tabernacle. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, the altar today is in heaven, in Christ Jesus. And uh, it is at the throne of grace. Amen. And so this nation, this nation called the church, has its representative in heaven and of course, we know that during the millennium, the, the nation of Israel is going to be the priesthood on earth. Amen. And of course, we know that uh, the definition of a priest has not been left to man's invention. But it is explained in Scripture, and this is what we're talking about. Now, notice something that uh, Paul wrote to the Hebrew Christians. He said, for every high priest taken from among men, is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. That's found in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1. And of course, the priesthood in, in many religions and in many ways, uh, the priesthood in the scriptures, it bears absolutely no similarity to any order of priests in any religion at any present time. Because a priest is one who represents man before God. And that can only be fulfilled through Christ. Notice what Paul says. He says, what rather what Paul writes. He writes, we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the son of God. Let us hold fast, because of this now, let us hold fast our pro profession of faith in him. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us, therefore, come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So this is speaking of Jesus Christ. But now, in this great house of God, we are the priests and we are the kings, amen, under the priesthood of Jesus Christ that offer gifts and offer sacrifices uh, to our God and to our King. Hallelujah. So we're talking about in this session that there is a difference between what is holy and what is holy and what is unholy. And we'll be looking through uh, Leviticus chapters eight through 10. Amen. Now, in Leviticus eight and verse two, Christ or rather Moses, Jesus, you know, through through Moses is describing the elect of God. And he's describing the type of the priesthood that is separated unto God. Amen. And then in verse 3, he talks about how all of the congregation is involved and what is taking place. Now, what is taking place 
in chapters 8 and in chapters 9. Well, it's the separation of Aaron and his sons for the priesthood. They have become the elect of God out of the tribe of Levi that they are going to represent uh, the entire congregation before God. Now, God takes Aaron and his sons and he separates them and he presents them. Amen. He's going to present them uh, to God and separate them for the work of the ministry. And God takes the entire congregation. Think about this. Think about he tells Moses to tell the entire congregation to assemble at the door of the tabernacle. Well, what number are we talking about? We're talking about a number in the millions. And so here we have the tabernacle, which is in the very middle of, of the tribe, uh, uh, all the tribes of Israel. You have the three tribes on the north, three tribes situated on the east, three on the south and three on the west. And the tabernacle is right in the middle of them. Amen. And so all of these people, the entire house of the nation of Israel, they're assembled now and they're completely surrounding their tabernacle. They're going to witness the consecration of the priests. Now, what does that speak to us of? Well, it speaks to us of Calvary and how that Jesus was laid open to public scrutiny, to mockery. Amen. As the substitute that is going to take our place who was made sin for us who knew no sin, so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So we beheld him in open display, being made sin, being made that sacrifice, the sins of the entire world transferred upon the Lamb of God, the one who would take away the sin of the world. Notice that. Notice what John the Baptist said. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Not the sins of a particular part of the world, but the sins of the entire world. If you're listening to this broadcast right now and you're not saved, understand this, that Jesus went to the cross for you. He bare your sin on the cross. He was made sin for you who knew no sin so that you might be made the righteousness of God in him. So it's not a question of a sacrifice to be made. It is a question of you accepting and believing in and have faith for that sacrifice that was made for you and the penalty that uh, was paid for you on the cross when Jesus Christ was made sin with your sin. Hallelujah. You have the opportunity to walk out of darkness into God's marvelous light through simple faith in him. Now, all that God did for you in Christ Jesus on the cross in his death, burial, and resurrection uh, will profit you nothing if it doesn't become real to you. You have to receive all the work that God did uh, uh, through Jesus Christ. You've got to receive uh, the work of Christ by faith. And it is only then that the Holy Spirit, as you repent and as you yield to him, that the Holy Spirit makes all of the work of God, the all the entire operation of God real to you. You could hear the gospel a thousand times in your lifetime. But if the Holy Spirit 
doesn't make the gospel real to you, then it's not going to profit you. You will die and go to hell one day. Maybe you were raised in a Christian home. Maybe your daddy was a, a gospel minister. And all of the sermons that he preached, you heard. And all of the livelihood that he lived before God, uh, you experienced that. But it's not going to profit you one thing if it, the Holy Spirit doesn't make it real to you. Well, how is the Holy Spirit going to make uh, the Word of God real to me? You've got to yield to it. You've got to submit yourself to God and allow the Holy Spirit to take the work of Christ and to make it real to your heart. Then you have to receive that work by faith. And when you do that, Christ will enter into your life and you will become a brand new person inside. You will become what Jesus said to Nicodemus. You will become born again. Praise God. That's how it works. See, there are many people dying today and going to hell. They've heard the gospel a thousand times, but they've never received it. They've never acted upon it. They've never received it by faith. And they're going to die and go to hell one day because of it. Well, that doesn't have to be you. If you're listening to the sound of my voice and you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart and life, God will save you right here. He will save you right now. If you're a backslider and you're away from God, God will heal you of your backsliding and he will welcome you back into his family and you will come out of fellowship into fellowship with him again. But that will never be made real to you unless you bow your knee and bow your heart to him in simple humility and receive the grace of God. Hallelujah. So here we are. We're in Leviticus chapter 8. And so now all the congregation is surrounding the tabernacle. God is separating Aaron and his sons unto the priesthood, and they are going to be the ones who represent God before men. What a perfect picture of Christ. Hallelujah. Our high, our great high priest and all of the sons of God who are priests unto God. Hallelujah. And notice in verse five, uh, the scripture says this, this is the thing which the Lord commanded to be done. Amen. Praise God. This is the word or the revelation of the word of God. This is the act of the word of God. Hallelujah. God is speaking to you today. If you are born again, then you have become part of this great priesthood. And Jesus Christ has become your great high priest. And now you are to do just exactly, amen, what the scripture says. You know, you are ordained now in things pertaining to God. You are representing God before men, whether it be in the workplace, in the public square, in your home, to your children, to your sons, and to your daughters. Are you interested in their spiritual welfare? Are you working towards making sure that your sons and your daughters worship God and know God at the earliest possible age? Are you preaching the gospel to them and not just preaching the gospel to them? Are you living the gospel to them? Are you showing them the way of truth? 
Alleluia. Praise God. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he was old, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. But notice that God is speaking to Aaron through Moses. And he tells them in verse 6 that they are to be washed with water. Amen. After being ordained and after being separated, they are to be washed with water, their bodies to be washed with water. What is this? This is a symbol and a sign of sanctification. The fact that these men of God are to be set apart for God's use. And then further on down in verses seven and eight, Moses uh, describes uh, the apparel of the high priest, the coat and the girdle that girded his loins and his robe and his ephod. And notice that God says to Moses to tell them to put these clothes on and to bind it unto them, to fasten it unto them. Folks, we have the armor of God. This is our spiritual armor. Our loins are girt about with truth and our breastplate should be the breastplate of righteousness and our feet should be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Our helmet is to be the helmet of salvation and above all these things, our shield is to be the shield of faith whereby we quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. We have a devil. He, as, he walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. If we get our eyes off of the prize, which is our Savior, Jesus Christ, and get them on the world, then this armor is, we're going to, at one point or another, we're going to begin taking this armor off, and we're going to expose ourselves to the plots, to the schemes, and to the devices of the enemy. Amen. Praise God. And above all these things, we are to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and we're to pray always, praise God. Amen. So all of our armor is for one purpose. In warfare, in prayer warfare, we are to take advantage of everything that Christ has done for us, pour it into this world through prayer, and see God work miraculously. Now, also in verse 8, we see that, uh, that Aaron, who is given a breastplate, and this breastplate contained the Urim, which means perfections, and the Thummim, which means lights. The perfection of Christ that is in us and the light that he brings into our life. See, he's the perfect one. We are the ones that are reaching on into perfection, and one day we will reach perfect perfection, should say it that way. Amen. When we pass through the fire and all of our uh, wood, hay and stubble is burned away and all the uh, gold, silver and precious jewels is is purified and we go into the kingdom. Perfect. Praise God. Hallelujah. And only God, only Christ can do that. Only the work of God could do that. We can't do that ourselves. But as we live by faith and as we walk by faith, as we live in the spirit and walk in the spirit, we're reaching towards that prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And then in verse nine, Moses mentions the, the miter or the turban. Amen. That it had a golden plate or a golden crown. And what does that mean? That means holiness. 
We wear holiness like we wear a coat or a crown. Hallelujah. And we're never to take that turban off. We're never to take that crown off. There is coming a day where we will be crowned. The crown of life, which God has given all those and will give all those who love his appearing. And in verses 10 and 12, we see uh, the anointing oil, which speaks to us of the Holy Spirit and how that this oil is sprinkled seven times, praise God, seven being the number of perfection. That's not only the Spirit of God in us, but it's the anointing oil, the Spirit upon us, amen. We're going to, and, the whole, and God will allow us, now this anointing oil that is upon us will allow us to do the works of God. And then verses 13 through 15 of Leviticus chapter 8, speaks to us of the blood that is sprinkled, the altar that is sanctified, amen, and how that blood pleads for reconciliation, amen, upon the altar. The altar is the place of sacrifice, and the blood applied to the altar is a place that we are sanctified and we are reconciled unto God. And then, of course, you know, verses 18 all the way through 24, it speaks to us of the, of the ram, the ram for sin, but also the ram for consecration. Amen. And that perfectly represents the Lord Jesus Christ. The ram that's offered on the altar, Christ was offered for us, but also that ram for consecration that we can go and we can be reconciled and we can be consecrated to live a holy life before God and to always do those things that please him. Hallelujah. And then verse 23, we have a very peculiar uh, passage of scripture and talks about how this blood was applied to Aaron, to the tip of his right ear, so that he can hear the voice of God and the tip of his right thumb, so that he could perform holy service to do that which is holy. And the tip of the right big toe, so he could have a holy walk and so he can walk before the Lord without sin or without condemnation. Hallelujah. Amen. And see, the blood has been applied to our hearts the same way. We can now, through the blood of Jesus, hear the voice of God. And we can, through the blood of Christ, be able to live a holy life and to provide and, and do and perform holy service unto the Lord to do those things which are holy. And of course, the, our feet are anointed to a holy walk and to walk before the Lord without fear of condemnation. And then we come over to Leviticus chapter 9. And we see how that Aaron and his sons did all that was commanded to be done by the Lord. And how that after all that was done according to the pattern that God gave to Moses, and Moses did, that there came fire from the Lord and consumed the altar, the burnt offering, the fat that was on the altar. And the people saw this and they shouted, but they also fell upon their faces. Amen. Hallelujah. What a great day it was in the nation of Israel. Amen. But all of this speaks of the perfect type that we have 
in the world today, praise God, in the church. And now we come to Leviticus chapter 10. Now I want to read the first 10 verses of this chapter to you. Now Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took their respective fire pans and after putting fire in them, placed incense on it and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. And fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, It is what the Lord spoke, saying, By those who come near me, I will be treated as holy. And before all the people, I will be honored. So Aaron kept silent. And Moses called also to Mishael and Elsaphon, the sons of Aaron's uncle Uziel, and said to them, Come forward. Carry your relatives away from the front of the sanctuary to the outside of the camp. So they came forward and carried them still in their tunics to the outside of the camp, as Moses had said. Then Moses said to Aaron and to his sons, Eleazar and Ithamar, Do not uncover your heads, nor tear your clothes, so that you may not die and that he may not become wrathful against all the congregation. But your kinsmen, the whole house of Israel, shall bewail the burning which the Lord has brought about. You shall not even go out from the doorway of the tent of meeting, lest you die. For the Lord's anointing oil is upon you. So they did according to the word of Moses. And then the Lord spoke to Aaron, saying, Do not drink wine or strong drink. Neither you nor your sons with you when you come into the tent of meeting so that you may not die. It is a perpetual statute throughout your generations. And so notice this as to make a difference between the holy and the unholy and between the unclean and the clean. And so here we have the death of Nadab and Abihu and the reason they were consumed Notice this, we have two sacrifices now. <clears throat> and the fire came down upon both of them. One was to sanctify the people. And the other one was to destroy that which is not holy. Nadab and Abihu offered strange fire before the Lord, that very thing that God commanded them not. Now notice that. God is Jehovah God speaking. Amen. And Nadab and Abihu, they took what God had instructed them to do on behalf of the people of Israel, and they tried to do it for themselves, and it didn't work. They died because of it. I'm telling you, when we offer strange fire, the only difference between what took place in the Old Testament and what took place in the New Testament is this. When Nadab and Abihu stepped out of the will of God, they had no mediator between God and between them. Their mediation ceased and God consumed them. In the New Testament today, we have a mediator, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the one that stands between us and between God Almighty. Amen. Hallelujah. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all.
Moses did not command what Nadab and Abihu did when they offered strange fire. That was not worship that was ordained. It was willful. It was disobedient and deliberate. And it was against the express command of God. What Nadab and Abihu did is they offered unto God will worship. Worship based upon their own will and not the will of God. The incense that they burned was not for personal use. They had no right to burn incense. That incense was reserved for God and God alone. It was the pattern that God had set. They transgressed, and because of that, they lost their life. Let's make sure that you and I, when we go before God to worship, we worship according to the pattern that's laid out in the Scriptures. God will receive our worship, and He will bless us according to His Word and for His glory. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we humble ourselves before you now. Lord, and we pay attention to these things. And we give you praise and honor and glory for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.